definitely pie. I think uh, so. I started. I started asking the question because my wife is cake and I'm pie, oh, wow. and so it's like a little bit of like keeping track of just what the general consensus is, and it's pretty much pie. Like most people are pie, but even the people on the cake camp have some valid points mm. or at least just preferential points, you know, but pies have more natural ingredients in them mm. and you know, they're more whole natural ingredients. Like yeah. if you have a pie, you're going to see slices of apple or slices of peaches or mm. blueberries or whatever. But with a cake, it may put like a few on top, but then like you cut into it and it's just nothing but like, Sugar and bread. Sugar and bread. <laughs> and it is, I don't know, this is kind of boring. You know? Yeah, no, I mean, that's the, and like all the air is just like a waste that I could be having yeah. more deliciousness. So, because you can, you can easily put whipped cream on, on a pie and you're good. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I had someone say that like, I don't like cooked fruit. And I'm like, you know what? That's a, that's a valid preference. I, I can't argue with, that <laughs> that person might be a super villain. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, she was great, uh, great uh, opera singer, actually. Uh, <laughs> but like, super villain, <laughs> <laughs> super villains do tend to love yes, opera music. I'm, I don't know what that every super villain I know they always listen to some opera or something, <laughs> like sitting over like a big city and stuff with like a drink in the hand. Time to take over the world. (laughs) I don't know where that comes from. Maybe it's just that like the the common populace like just doesn't understand classical music. And I guess like the only people who are like either insane enough or like (laughs) intellectual enough to like understand classical music are supervillains. I mean, I enjoy I enjoy classical music, too. So I might be a potential (laughs) supervillain. Just just maybe I might get there. Well, the thing is, so, I mean, I I studied classical music for a couple of years before going into production, and oh, wow. uh, I get it. Like, I understand it. Oh, no, I, that's not true. I also studied even more classical music for my master's, but <laughs> uh, I think that classical music is both misunderstood and too far up its own ass to be understood absolutely yeah well yeah, it's not even necessarily the music it's the the people a lot of the critics that enjoy the music <clears throat> they go into too much of a sophisticated mindset and you forget that music is an expression mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be shaped or, or, or formed this way the same people who truly enjoy creating classical music should also enjoy hip-hop rock all these different other forms uh, of music if you ask really any any music connoisseur, they're going to enjoy all these different genres and stuff because they don't really see a genre. Yeah, it's just like a hodgepodge of of music expression. And then, but you didn't have those snob critics who was like, oh, "Classical music is a sophisticated and superior music form." I'm like, man, sit down, bro. Like, no one cares about that. Like, at the end of the day, you're gonna like what you're gonna like, mm. and. Um, you know, there's there's certain tones and and melodies and stuff that hits in all genres of music, and a lot of them require sophistication yeah. to understand music theory and stuff. So it's just like, man, it's just it's just like the 
the equivalent of of wine tasters and saying like, oh, this one's a a, a superior taste, and this one's like, come on, bro, you don't know the difference. This one has two more zeros in front <laughs> yeah, of it. I'm therefore, like, <laughs> like get out of here with that, man. Like, <laughs> and I mean, I think the other thing is like what constitutes just art in general. So I mean, regardless of what you think of rap music, like to pimp a butterfly is a work of art. Facts. And so it doesn't matter who or what you are. You listen to that thing and be like, man, there is some real legitimate artistic merit here. Audibly. I mean, you can literally just really enjoy it. It's just sonically, it just comes together. And it's just a beautiful sound. Yeah. It's a beautiful sound orchestra in your head. Um, all the all the pieces go together so well. And um, you can tell you really took some serious time working on the arrangement of the entire project. It's yeah. beautiful. But also imagine if 300 years from now, there's people still playing to pimp a butterfly as like the standard. That's what we're doing now with classical music. It's like, oh, here's Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. And it's like, all right, you know, <laughs> he's been dead for a while now. And there's people alive now doing better. that are not even necessarily better, but just doing different things. Stuff that's like more updated and more with the times and stuff that is informed by our current culture rather than what people were living with 300, 400 years ago. So... I've met like I've met some um like classical um like directors, mm -hmm. you know, and they've talked about that um to where there's a lot of pushback between like modernizing classical music. There's a lot of pushback in that community because there's like we don't want to see it, you know, get corrupted or whatever. I'm just like, man. What's that even mean? It doesn't it doesn't make <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. That's just the same as like like if, if funk music just never it was like, no, we don't want to see funk music ever change. Like it has to be like this. So we would literally sonically just be in the eighties and the seventies right. forever, you know? And it's like, man, you know, creators, they're going to keep creating, you know, it may be a time in their career that you don't like the music they're creating, but you should be happy that that person is exploring and learning other different concepts in the one they did. Like, can you imagine if, like, any and every artist just stayed the same and they just created the same type of music every time they release something? It's like, bro, like, you might as well just put this all in one giant album, mm -hmm. like a hundred song album. <laughs> it sounds the same. Yeah. And you want to see, you want to see your, uh, your, uh, your musicians and uh, and artists, you want to see them evolve and change and and create different works because I mean that's that's who we all are. We're we're individuals who constantly are are learning and expressing ourselves in different ways, and that's important. All of my favorite artists are ones that have radically different albums. Every time they put something out, it's you know we've had different experiences and like all these different sounds are in here because this is what we were jamming to at the time. And so the, like everything changes. So I'd, I'd rather listen to a completely different art or album from different artists rather than just, Hey, will you give me more of that? I want more of that. Well, if you want more of that, just listen to that album. Yeah. Just play the <laughs> album again. And, you know, just on top of that, like I do feel like, 
we've lost touch with uh, appreciation of music um, to to a certain degree. And what I mean by that is that we want we want more music, but we want less thought put into it. Because that's what we're asking for when we ask for more music, when we ask to consume more music, we're asking for, for them to come out with more stuff mm-hmm. more frequently. It's like, well, I haven't experienced anything from the beginning of this month to the end of this month, mm-hmm. but you want two different things. It's not going to happen. And so these artists are feeling pressure to, to just throw stuff out there mm-hmm. and it's not going to be the best work, but they have a quota to meet and, you know, a fan base to you know, supply the demand. But at the end of the day, you got to have the artist need space to create that stuff. And and it takes time to like hone it and make it sound as good as it or write the best stuff that like, I mean, yeah, you're going to take time to like, I don't like this one word in this verse. And I'm trying to just like tweak every little thing to make sure that what I put out is, is good for, you know, something that maybe someone's going to play the first 30 seconds of and go skip. Right. <laughs> and it's just, it's so, it's so much pressure, especially to like, as an indie artist, that's probably one of the hardest things to do right now is to get started right now because this is tough. Like trying to expose yourself on like Spotify or Apple Music or SoundCloud, or whatever. If you don't already have like 5.6 million followers or whatever, and you coming onto a new platform, you're just gonna get walked over immediately. Like you are like a needle in a spaceship in a different galaxy in a black hole. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my God, how do you even get started? And, um, it's just so much pressure on the little guy because, you know, they're basing what the little guy is supposed to do off of what the, the mainstream people are doing. And it's it's unrealistic for anyone because you have a lot of these mainstream artists. They just they buy songs because they don't have time to write all these songs. Mm-hmm. They're just buying a whole bunch of songs and they spend the weekend picking out which ones they like. It's like, mm, I like this one. I like that one. I like this one. And... If it, if it works for them, they're going to keep using that, you know, that type of songs and stuff because they can't keep up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it's so I guess the the quality over quantity over just like how much time it takes to do this stuff. And so uh, the equation of time is money is it works in both directions. So you can either spend a whole bunch of money for no time or you can spend a whole bunch of time and save yourself some money. But, (laughs) um, and I mean, for, for myself, I also edit podcasts and like, you know, I hear people talking about like, oh man, I want to start a podcast and like, all right, well, what do you have? I was like, oh, I'm just going to like record it on my phone. (laughs) Do you think people want to listen to whatever it is you have to say recorded on your phone? Hell no. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to make a quality thing, you're going to have to take some time to learn how to do some audio production or you're gonna pay someone like me to (laughs) who already knows that stuff and but like at the same time you are still gonna have to buy a mic you are still gonna have to buy some software and stuff to like make sure that you have all the stuff sound as good as possible that's for sure and i think that's the most important thing that people are forgetting that it does require 
um, it requires knowledge and experience and and to understand what you're doing. You can't just jump into something like people like we had a surge over the past few years of just a whole bunch of rappers. Everyone wanted to be a rapper for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it was just like a huge flood of like rappers. It's the biggest genre in music right now. That's facts. And so you have so many people trying to rap and then a lot of people get turned away because they realize how expensive it is mm-hmm. that you can't just jump out and be the best thing. You know, like a lot of the rap that they see mainstream wise, a lot of that stuff is being factory produced essentially. You know, that artist is not in charge of their own image. You're not in charge of the direction of their image. And they have a whole bunch of, you know, suits telling them, okay, this is what you need to do. You need to show more cleavage. You need to show more whatever you need to, you know, make your songs a little bit more violent. We're going to find some more lyrics that are a little bit more violent. You got to make your image a little bit like this and this and this. And a lot of these artists don't realize that a lot of the stuff that they're seeing is fabricated, mm-hmm. but they're trying to replicate it, but they don't have the, the ends like that. Mm-hmm. They say they're a favorite rapper with a, a thousand gold chains and, you know, they can pay for all the, the top models and stuff to be in a videos, you know, twerking and stuff and throwing it back. And then you got these rappers trying to replicate that. Mm-hmm. They got one chain, mm-hmm. the rest of them are fake. Uh, <laughs> then. I mean, let's be honest, the rapper with the 10 chains, probably all those are <laughs> fake too. So. Oh, they're real. You just don't own none of them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the jeweler just right there. He's like, hey, man, your time is up, bro. Right. I'm need my chains back. <laughs> you know, but. You know, it's just it's just that lifestyle um, that people are hungry for, and um, and they get hit with their realistic goal. Um, it's like, hey man, you know, what's your what's your BMI? What's your ASCAP? Um, you know, do you understand anything about music law? Do you understand anything about music production and uh, promotion and marketing and and brand uh, brand engagement, brand awareness? Mm-hmm. Uh, brand development. Do you know anything about any of these things? He's like, nah, bro. I'm just trying to, you know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to rap and get this money. I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> how are you gonna get that money? Yeah, like, like <laughs> well, unfortunately, this is not the '80s anymore or the early '90s. You can't just rap and get that money no more. You have to actually open the spot, open up the trunk full of CDs. Yeah, like, <laughs> man, I let me tell you, I used that used to be my jam. <laughs> it was so beautiful to just sell CDs. Like I remember, I was selling CDs, and this one dude—he's—he was like, he wanted to be my street team. He bought—he bought like five of them. He was like, I'm gonna buy five of these. CDs. I was like, bro, they're twenty each. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna buy five of them. I was like, all right, appreciate it. And he's like, I'm gonna pass them out to my friends. I was like, all right, cool. And that's the easy money right there, because that's an instant transfer. But now. You know, a lot of artists are relying on streams. And if you don't have like a hundred thousand streams every month. If that, I mean if that. <laughs> um, which is a hundred thousand streams every month would be equivalent to like a part time job. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, having to be consistent with that, that means you have to come out with some extreme content every month. Mm-hmm. Cause people are not gonna stream the same songs. Mm-hmm. They're going to stream your song once or twice, depending on how good it is. 
And then they're going to want something else because they have access to all this stuff. They're paying, what, $20 or something a month for Spotify or $8 or whatever. And so they're paying a monthly fee already. And so the majority of that money, Spotify is pocketing. They're getting their money instantly as soon as that payment is up or is due at the end of the month. So that's like 8 or $20 from millions of people uh, to play your music. Yeah. And they pay you the residuals from that, you know. So it's just like it's it's messed up. Yeah. And if you're on a label, then like whatever fraction that Spotify took, and then the rest of that is given to you. Then like the label takes all of it, a, all of that. <laughs> then that last wedge then goes to your manager, and then that last wedge <laughs> then goes to you. Right. If even that, because then that that money that you make has to go into the next project. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like a lot of these label, uh, a lot of these people that are part of labels, they talk about it. It's like, man, I feel like I'm working a nine to five and, you know, at least they have like, you know, health benefits and stuff. Right. It's like me, I'm just, you know, I look like a superstar, but I'm broke. <laughs> you know, everything you, everything you own is, is sponsored by your, uh, your label. So you got to make your label happy. And that's a scary place to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, and but at least, like, we're broke and we own all our stuff. Like, so if if it hits at some point, then at least it's ours, you know? So, the, you know, if, if for whatever reason your album goes uh, viral, then at least it's all going to you instead of going into some label that takes – a huge fraction of it. So they will, they take all your money and <laughs> they try to, unless you have to, what people have to understand is like, and able to get a good deal with the label. You have to be, it's kind of like if you're trying to get a girlfriend or boyfriend, you got to seem like you don't need them <laughs> to want them to be attracted to you, you know? And, uh, that's how labels see you. If you already have like, 30 to 50,000 followers that are dedicated to your channel and that listen to your stuff, that stream your stuff, even having like, like I said, like 50,000 followers, if they all buy your stuff, that's, you know, that's 50,000 people purchasing, mm-hmm. you know, a $5 shirt or whatever. And you're making a lot of money. Yeah. Um, And so they're looking for people that are already making a profit because the uh, label in itself, essentially, the, even the ideology of a label is, is failing. And so they're trying to survive. So they're trying to make quick bucks, quick turn, quick turnaround money. So they're trying to get someone to talk about which and whatever, you know, little, little chicken wing and little potato wedge. You know, they want to make sure that they're getting those guys to talk about whatever. And so they can get that money. Mm-hmm. And once they get as much money from you, they get that hit from you. It's like, all right, man, appreciate it. I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, come on, man, I could do some more songs. I'm like, nah, man, contract is up. Mm-hmm. We already got a uh, little, uh, little large fries coming up, man. Right. But what about a little potato wedge, man? Like, yeah, but you old, man. You old now. You had your time. The meme went dead, and so it's whatever. Yep. <laughs> and so they jump on the newest hottest thing. By the way, you still owe us uh, fifty thousand dollars <laughs> for recording that album for you. <laughs> and then, or they do extreme stuff like uh, they shelf you, and they still want to get a return on their money. Mm-hmm. 
But the problem is, is they understand that time is timing is, is everything in, in the music industry. So if you were like a running trend and you're uh, you get shelved and you can't release another project or whatever, by the time you release something else out, it's already something else that's already caught people's attention. And so your stuff is coming out and it doesn't do as well as the last one. And so now you're you're forced to like grind extra hard, whether or not you're like selling all your merch or you're touring and stuff. You're not touring for you. For your benefit, you're trying to pay off a debt. Mm-hmm. And that's that's when it becomes like a prison almost. Yeah. Like you're kind of trapped in this contract. But at least to not be as bleak is that uh, <laughs> uh, we are able to make our own stuff and build a more dedicated following rather than like a, a mass audience that's the difference with like the in the indie aesthetic is like sure you have those people that like if you have let's say a hundred thousand followers and just ten thousand of them buy your stuff like that's awesome like that's that's more than even if just a thousand like buy your stuff that's more than you need so like all you really need is a thousand dedicated people that like no matter what you put out they're like i'm in Give me that. And they'll buy your merch and they'll buy your album. They'll go to your shows and you don't have to be, you know, big and famous or whatever to to make it nowadays. And that's a cool thing. That's the biggest thing is that's one of the secrets that's that's always been, you know, around. It's just no one wanted to share that kind of stuff. (laughs) But now it's more accessible because people can can do um, a lot of the stuff at their home, mm-hmm. you know, you used to have to, you know, pay a lot of, a lot of money and stuff to go to a studio. But if you have the know-how, you can have your own studio set up mm-hmm. and create tracks at home and record your verses at home and stuff and maybe send it out to get mastered or whatever. But now you have more control over your, your work and stuff and really we have more of an advantage over than the people that's, you know, been in this music industry for a long time because we're not relying on a lot of people. We can do a lot of that stuff ourselves. Uh, even with connecting with, uh, you know, uh, venues and all that kind of stuff. And it just really helps, you know, because now the venues can directly speak with the artists and, um, you can make more profit that way. But, you know, like you say, on the just the good side, of, even if having like a, a contract, if you have a good contract, there's, there's still possible to have a good contract to where um, uh, the artist is benefiting more from uh, from that deal. You just have to have the right skill set and um, just the right know-how to finesse the best thing would be to to do is to get a, a good music lawyer, um, you know, at least just for like advice or anything of that nature, you know, um, just get a consultation, you know, just to see how things are negotiated. Because at the end of the day, if you're bringing, if you're bringing a significant amount of finances and stuff and you want to take it to the next level, uh, to the next level, a label is important to have because they are, they're going to have access to all those mediums already, mm-hmm. and so that 
speeds up the process and which is something you need, especially if that song is hot. You want to make sure that it's getting the maximum exposure and you can't do that by yourself nine times out of 10. And so, and so uh, working with maybe an indie label or um, uh, any label that's attached to a major label um, can help you with distribution, um, can help you with uh, getting more, you know, exposure to these other countries or doing shows in other countries and stuff. I think that's the most important thing is, is understanding what works best for you as an artist. Yeah. The other kind of weird thing is that um, payola is still a thing. Uh, <laughs> Big time. Um, and I mean, people don't really talk about it, but like every artist that, you know, you hear on the radio, it's because they paid to be on the radio. It's supposed to be illegal, but like, eh. There's <laughs> a lot of things that are supposed to be illegal, <laughs> but it's, it's exactly but eh. you know. Um, so the best way to get around that is because there are other people who who don't succumb to that and working around those things um, can can be easily done, especially in now time, because back in the day, it used to be more heavily relied on gatekeepers. Like if you could, if you didn't know the DJ at the radio station, you ain't getting your music played, you know? Um, but now there's more access to DJs. There's more access to alternative, uh, of vlogs and, and uh, magazine companies and all that stuff. Like there's so many different alternatives you can get around, um, a lot of those gatekeepers and stuff now. So it's just more, the more knowledge you have about the field that you're in, the better the results are going to be for you. Yeah. And I mean, the cool thing about the indie scene is that everyone is trying to help each other. Um, I mean, I guess I don't mess with anyone who is like trying to push anyone else down, but like the, I feel like the community is really like everyone is trying to help each other. Everyone is trying to raise each other up. Everyone, you know, tries to know all the different people and like, Oh, you don't know this person. Let me introduce you. And like, it's, and for the music industry being so heavily network based, like it really is basically just, who do you know? <laughs> That's big facts. And I definitely agree with uh, the indie crowd working with each other. I think it's, uh, um, I mean, cause you're always going to have people who, are trying to pull pull people down because you know they're not dedicated, they're not working. But you know you have those uh, those true uh, entrepreneurs, the people who are really uh, striving to create something. And I think that's what's really important. And one thing I try to tell uh, some of my friends that are also in music, especially in the hip hop scene, is to to not rely so heavily on trying to get other artists to come to your shows, but try to get fans to come to your shows. Right. Like that's, that's what's really important. If that artist is a fan of your music, then that's kudos, but don't get mad because I'm not showing up to your show. Mm -hmm. I'm like, bro, I have five other shows I have to do. <laughs> like I don't have time to come to your show. That doesn't mean I don't support you, but I feel like as artists, um, there is more beneficial ways for us to support each other. Like, um, exchanging of exchanging of services. Mm -hmm. Um, like if I know a dope producer 
the best thing I can do is is to give him clients. Mm-hmm. And so me being one of those clients is to pay him, pay him, pay him good, promote him, promote his his work and stuff, and get his name out there, and then get other businesses to to mess with him. Mm-hmm. That's the best way I can collab with him. Versus let me try to collab with the dude so I can get it for free, you know. And that's some of the mindsets out there, but. You know, the best way I found is, you know, working and networking with other people like other artists and hip hop artists is some that I may not do collaborations with, mm-hmm. but I'll book you for a show. Yeah. You know, and I think that's that's important is to have that, that networking of, of artists and of people together and we learn each other's strengths and weaknesses. You know, just because I turn you down for a collaboration doesn't mean I don't want to work with you since our, our music doesn't align with each other and it wouldn't be beneficial for neither one of our brand, our brands to try to work together like that. But you do have a unique sound and I would love to have you at this next show. I do. And we can both make money, Mm -hmm. but you know, people get in their feelings sometimes and they get emotional and they react instead of thinking. And that's when you have the egos and, and all that kind of stuff. And, that stuff gets, you know, put in the back burner when you have people who are dedicated to to really work with artists and to to want to help each other out. Yeah. There is a, a really uh, double-edged sword with ego. Um, I was talking to my brother about this, that, like, someone like Kanye wouldn't be making the stuff that he is without that level of ego. Um, like, cause a big part of it is just how much he believes in himself. Yeah. Uh, and also just a manic episode. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I don't know if, cause it's, it's something that I deal with all the time. It's like, am I worth your time to listen to? Like, there's so much stuff that people want to listen to all the time. And I, am I worth your time? But it's like, Yes. Yes, I am. (laughs) And so it's like, at what point do I have to kind of have a little bit of Kanye in there to be like, no, I'm the shit. You should listen to me. (laughs) I think think that's extremely important. Um, I guess what I mean as far as uh, ego is how you treat other artists Mm -hmm. and how you treat other people. It's kind of like you going at the same, y'all going to work at the same job Mm -hmm. and you guys have the same position, but this person is treating you different because they feel like they're better than you. And I think that's where the issues come in. And like I always tell some of the people in the music industry, it's like, hey man, like you can you can keep all your stage banter, but say that for the stage and your fans. Like, I don't care. <laughs> you know, when you're networking with other artists, don't come in with your posse. Like we're not impressed by that stuff. Like we're all artists trying to at the end of the day trying to grind and, and get to a certain point. You know, at the end of the day it's about business. And I don't, I don't care how many chains you got on. I don't care how many women that's walking with you. I don't, like, it's, that's not relevant to me. Like, okay, how many numbers are you pushing out uh, for your streams? Yeah. <laughs> that's what's important, you know, uh, five, like, well, I have a thousand, so <laughs> you're doing something wrong. Maybe you need to spend more money on your marketing instead of on hiring these girls to walk around you. But, you know, that's, I think that's the most important part. Uh, as an artist is we need to treat each other with with respect because you don't know who knows someone mm-hmm. it could be that little guy in the corner that dresses weird um that has a connection 
to Beyonce and, mm-hmm. you know, all of her, you know, people that support her and you just ragging him because he ain't got trains, he ain't got no cool car or whatever. And this dude is probably the richest person in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, crap, I messed up. You know, so we have to on that level, mm-hmm. you know, put up, pull like, because we all have an ego. I think that is important to have that, that, um, that self-awareness and, uh, but we also have to learn how to keep it in check and learn how to read the room. If you're in a room full of fans and stuff, yeah, you can flex. Go ahead, flex. Flex your muscle because your fans like that. That's, you know, if you're known for be, that. Be careful what you're saying on stage. But. Facts. <laughs> you know, you know, this, you know, if you if you're doing it because I like I know artists and stuff, they'll, you know, scream, yell, take the shirt off and stuff in front of their fans and their fans love it. Yeah. But. You know, when they get off stage and they talking to other artists, it's completely different. Like, yeah, man, I appreciate you, and Thank you. And like, super humble and, and you know, trying to network and communicate. And that's that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. It's about uh, being able to rock that persona, but also respecting the people uh, on the biz- from a business standpoint. Because it is a business at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Right. And you don't want to be MGK saying shit about, Slipknot on stage or whatever. Yeah, that's how you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I was actually there. Oh wow! <laughs> I wasn't like at it. I was just at Riot Fest, and then it's like, oh, they're playing. All right, well, we're gonna go back to the Airbnb. <laughs> 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 but uh, <laughs> the the weird thing is like, yeah, I mean, everybody knows each other, and it's actually kind of a small world. That, uh, I mean, you get like five people involved in the music industry in a room and you're all connected to like all the way up, whatever all the way up means to you. If, if, if all the way up is Beyonce, if all the way up is the flaming lips, I mean, just because we went to ACM, we're pretty close to the flaming lips regardless. Um, but like, yeah, everyone knows each other everyone's talking to each other and so be a professional like (laughs) i mean you have to be a professional i mean in every caliber of the way because i mean it's your brand that you're trying to represent it's your business that you're trying to represent as an artist as a creator um so when you go into a room like i said just be able to read the room and if it's a room full of kickback you kick back and relax and not focus so much on on anything else. But if it's a room full of suits and you know, the people are potential investors and stuff, you might want to come in with a little bit more respect and talk business with them. Um, and so you just got to understand where you at and, you know, learn how to maneuver a situation like that. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough thing also because I, I hate playing that game. Uh, <laughs> it sucks. Um, and that's where it also comes into where, uh, I mean, I don't have a manager. I want a manager just so that I can have someone playing that game for me because I don't like playing it. <laughs> and uh, one, I think one of the most important things I learned um, as an artist uh, was just understanding your limits mm-hmm. and what you can do, what you can't do. And it's just like uh, any business, um, you learn your skills Mm -hmm. and find out what you can do, what you can actually do and what you can't do. 
And then you hire people for those positions that are really good at them. So, hey, man, um, I can't really talk to these people. Can you do that for me? I was like, yeah, I got you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're terrible with flyers or terrible with marketing, get a marketing expert. Mm-hmm. If you don't know how to reach out to people for investors and stuff, find a PR, you know, find someone that's going to, you know, get those opportunities to you. And it's just a very important part to like find a foundation of what you can do physically and what you can't do. And because that's going to solve a lot of your problems when it comes to making business deals and stuff. And mm-hmm. How do you, how do you get around things that you don't know and things that you don't understand? It's like you hire people that do, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, until you can learn those skills for yourself. Um, it's important that you have people that support you. Mm-hmm. But again, that's that, that time versus money thing. It's like, yeah, you can take the time to learn those skills yourself, but like, man, social media is a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Producing music is a full-time job. Like booking shows is a full-time job. Like all this stuff is, is a lot of work. And if you want to like do all these things all the time, you can only stretch yourself so thin. That's facts. <laughs> because you're trying to be a, a artist, um, a marketing expert, a business person, a brand representative. Like you, it's it's so much uh, that an artist has to do, and so it's important to be able to delegate those things. And that's why I think uh, it was one of, uh, one of the guys. Uh, he was hitting me up on Facebook and he was like, man, like I'm trying to be a rapper and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, I was like, uh, I asked him, I was like, would you spend, would you spend five grand on yourself mm-hmm. for music? He's like, five grand? I was like, yeah, would you just spend five grand? He was like, man, that's a lot. I don't know. I was like, well, if you can't even spend five grand on yourself, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to make it in, in the music. Yeah. Because five grand is nothing. <laughs> and In this industry, it's nothing. It's nothing. Yeah. And, you know, that's just, you know, maybe for, you know, getting your merch, getting your website, uh, getting the sound equipment that you need, um, maybe getting a, a decent camera or something to take with you and stuff, having one of your friends hold the camera and while you rapping or whatever. Um, just getting the small stuff, getting things established. Um if you're not willing to invest time and money into yourself, then this is not the work for you. Uh, man, I, f- I feel like being an artist of any caliber, whether you're a photographer or uh, a, paint- a painter or a rapper or a singer or whatever, um, we have some of the most expensive things yeah. that are required for our jobs. Like, it's just extremely difficult to to start off. Like, you have to have a big investment to want to do any of these things. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, even just being like a, like if you're a guitar, uh, if, you're a, if you're a guitarist, like you have to hustle. You can't just be in one band. You got to be in multiple bands now to make money. You know, that's what you want to do full time. And this is extremely difficult. Uh, just trying to go out there and, and be something like that. And then also still have the time to like, practice and like learn your stuff because 
I mean, speaking of being a professional, nobody likes someone who shows up to the rehearsal and it's like, what are we playing? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, oh, dude, what am, I, what am I hiring you for? <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, man. <laughs> um, so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's work. I mean, it's kind of funny whenever you were like, are you willing to spend 5000 on yourself? And I like asked myself, I'm like, oh, shit, am I willing to spend $5,000 on myself? <laughs> and I like, I just thought, oh, yeah. I already did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, th- that was me looking over at all of my studio equipment. Right. Uh, <laughs> well over five grand. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's that's just an interesting thing. It's like uh, people starting out, they don't think that all that stuff is required mm-hmm. because they're so used to seeing TV or seeing the other friends try to do it. And it seems like it's just, Easy to get involved. Just getting up on stage and rapping some stuff, saying saying words that rhyme. They freestyle and the freestyle is dope. They got a few people that's like, oh man, you dope, man. You need to be doing this. I'll buy your music. <laughs> and you know, they get their song on SoundCloud and I think they didn't did something. I was like, but as an artist, you have to play chess. Mm-hmm. You have to think two steps ahead all the time. It's like, okay, you release that, that song. What's the follow up? Mm-hmm. You know, are you gonna release another song? Are you gonna release a project? Okay, before you release a project, how are you gonna hype that up? Mm-hmm. What brands are you gonna collaborate to get the money that you need to put together a decent show to have the, a hot DJ there, to have uh, a celebrity there that you need, the local celebrity, people that people know? How are you gonna get people in the door? Mm-hmm. What venue are you gonna find? How much is that gonna cost? Are they available? What's the weather like? someone release a project that's just like you <laughs> like it's like, it's like uh, I don't know I don't know I don't know and these things you have to write down you have to map those things out you have to map out your your release dates and your deadlines and the graphics and how that's going to correlate with the, the content that you release and afterwards how are you going to connect these things together are you going to do interviews are you going to go tour or what are you going to do and you know, a lot of people think that it's like, I'm just going to release a song and have all my friends share it. And that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, that's cool. You got 50 friends that wanted to share your music. Congratulations. You got 50 plays. Yeah. But maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, But worst case, you know, worst case scenario, let's say you have a thousand people that want to play your music, you know, but you don't have a return on your investment. So you spend all this money on getting all your friends to show your music. So you got a thousand plays, but that's it. Right. You don't have any follow-up. You, you don't have Spotify with a check for like a dollar. Yeah. Like <laughs> congratulations. You made uh 10 cents, <laughs> but <clears throat> on top of that, you didn't have a, you didn't have a, a listening party. You didn't connect with any DJs or other producers or other managers or, um, A&Rs or any of that you didn't connect with any of those things you didn't uh, send your music out to any blog or vlog or uh, any of these things any, uh, to to further expand your music you just release it to your friends and that's it mm-hmm. and that's all you have and you're wondering like dang man so now I gotta come up with something else like yeah now you gotta come up with something else cause you you only have a thousand fans and they're not they're not going to continue to come back like you have to continue to explore and to get different people 
um, it's when you have uh, like an inter- interchangeable amount of fans that are always listening to your music and stuff. You're going to have those diehard fans that are going to share your music. And that's very natural and very organic. And that's organic growth. But I try to warn a lot of my uh, my friends that are in the music industry to not like overly promote their their music because the reason the the reason is is no one really wants to support someone who is trying to push their own stuff. Mm-hmm. You got to have a team that's going to push your music for you because that's how we consume other music. You just got to think about it from that district from that direction like j cole doesn't personally call you and say hey man can you check out my new song i mean we would do it because you know he's j cole but at a point in time before we knew who he was if he did that we still wouldn't know who he was Mm -hmm. but you hear from your friend from your homie like hey man check out this new song like oh for real Mm -hmm. and you check it out but you know a lot of artists make the mistake of overly promoting themselves Mm and trying to push their own brand when it has to be from a third person perspective mm-hmm. um, and able to get people to really support you. Yeah. It's also just really kind of annoying to like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. To like deal with that kind of person of just like, Hey man, what's going on? It's like, Hey, I got a new album coming out. It's like, okay. Man, like, yeah. Like you're I'm just a, trying to hang out. Like, <laughs> you're a human advertisement. Like, yeah. Just, <laughs> like bro, can I skip this ad? Is there a right. button? <laughs> and that's that's real like you know i had to learn from that's that was my own personal mistake that i made Same. And i was like hey man hey i got this new project just coming out man i want to check it out you want to check it out you want to check it out mm-hmm. like no people are going to check out your music if it's good mm-hmm. you don't need to coerce them you just got to let them know that something new is coming out mm-hmm. um let them know that it's available and where it's available at but don't try to force someone to go buy your music it's not going to happen mm-hmm. At no point in time has it ever happened unless they pulled out a gun and physically put it to their heads like, you're going to go download this song right now. And you watch them go through it and they buy it and they're like, all right, have a good day. <laughs> you know, but people are just not going to do that. You know, if they like your music, if they want to follow you, they're going to do it. They're going to do all those things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it shows that I did not promote myself at all in that caliber. And I just put on, a, I focus on putting on a good show. And we had all kind of followers. He had all kind of supporters and stuff. And while they were at my merch table, I told them this is available and that's available. But I didn't ask them to buy it. I was like, well, we have some new shirts available. We also have uh, some new some new music available on Spotify. And said, oh, where can I find it? I'll, I'll go. Oh, OK, cool. You can check it out right here. And then you can have that exchange. And then they share with all their friends, like, oh, my God, like he was so nice. And da, 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 da. and then now you have the exchange because. Um, That's how you get that dedicated followers. Like, not only is the music dope, but like I talked to him. He's a great guy. You uh, you you have to sell yourself because when it comes down to it, people don't really buy the music. They buy the artists mm-hmm. when they buy music and you have to sell yourself um in in a positive light like we we like certain artists because of their characters and their personalities and stuff it's like man this guy's cool man i'm gonna go check out his music and they actually love the music and they listen to it and so it's it's just a good combination of of skill uh characteristics of that person um and just the quality of music that they have um 
a question that kind of comes up often on this podcast is uh, just what is selling out? Is there such a thing as selling out anymore? Because, I mean, at this point, we've been going on and on about like all these different challenges and stuff. And so it's like for someone to, you know, be considered a sellout and it's like all this stuff is really hard. Mm. Is it even that bad to sell out? You know, whatever that means. <laughs> I think personally it's, it's more of a, um, that's more of a personal question because depending on that person's moral standing, um, that's what I base it off of about selling out. If you were a person that was all about like uh, handling conflicts with no violence and, you know, respecting women and, and all that kind of stuff, but then you make music about abusing women, fighting all the time, shooting and killing people, mm-hmm. then I, I consider that one, a hypocrite, and then two, a sellout because you're doing that because you feel like people are going to like you more. Right. That's why I would consider a sellout, but not someone who instinctively said, okay, this is how I'm going to build my career. I'm going to buy songs. I'm going to make the best songs from the list that I buy, and I'm trying to get on to the top 100. Mm. I'm trying to do popular music. Yeah. That's someone that already had the idea in their head that, like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And they're not going against their own personal morals. If that's the, if that's what they wanted to do, that's what they want to do. It's a it's a funny thing though too, because like even what you said about like oh it, let's say internally like yeah I'm all about respecting women and like being nonviolent. But what if that person went? But I know that this is a product that people will buy, so I'm gonna make this music. Like, would you still feel like that person's a sellout even if they're like intentionally being like? I'm making this product so that people will buy it. And it's like, well, I don't know. Yeah. It's a, a phrase that I kind of keep finding myself saying is uh, you're allowed to be a hypocrite as long as you admit it. <laughs> I personally feel like uh, if you are, if you're cognizant of damage you could cause to, to people, sure. um, don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you know that your music is, is negatively influencing people, and you're okay with that because you get a check in the mail, then you definitely have some you have some problems you need to deal with. Because sure. <laughs> it's like you might be a sociopath. Yeah, like <laughs> if you intentionally like you know causing women to be disrespected and, and men to you know kill each other and, and fight and all that kind of stuff, and you're okay with that type of mentality, then you definitely have some problems to deal with. And you know that's a lot of the stuff. Uh, I know it's a lot of artists there are just telling their story about what they know. Mm-hmm. And that also comes with like artist development, which really doesn't exist in labels anymore. They just like, what do you want to talk about? Like, uh, well, all I know is, is, is the gang. Mm-hmm. Like, all right. Rap about it, you know? <laughs> and then they rap about it. And that person or, or, you know, a group or whatever doesn't realize the perpetual damage that they're causing towards the people that they're listening to. Mm-hmm. And they're not realizing it. They're just trying to express themselves that they know and that they understand, but they're being used. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, do you think Snoop Dogg feels weird about all the like misogyny that's in his music nowadays? Do you think if Snoop Dogg still like goes out and does a show, stay like ain't nothing but a G thing, and it's, but it's like, you know, this doesn't really like it doesn't hit hold up nowadays with our our standards are, Facts. but like I think so. And still I'm, getting the check, like you know, I think it was like 
you know, him, I mean, Snoop Dogg has never defined himself as being anything different than, you know, what he, what he has been. And I would say from, from that perspective, he's always been himself. And even when he tried to do, uh, you know, the reggae album, the Snoop mm-hmm. Lion and all that kind of stuff, he was still very much just trying to be himself. And in that, in that perspective, that's, that's who his music is represents and, mm-hmm. and what he is you know he was growing up as you know being a young and talking about you know tricks and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff and you know the gang life which he was very much a part of and you know that's what it was you know he was telling his story uh, it's not to say that it was good or bad but it was just experiences that he had and um, but he was probably also unaware of what could potentially happen when you're talking about these things? Um, because I don't think anyone did. Mm-hmm. And, but then you have more and more people being invested in hip hop that are not from that life mm-hmm. because they see a profit in it. Um, you know, and they started creating this direction on how music should be portrayed. It's like, man, you know what? These kids, they really like over sexualized, over violence music like we really need to have more of that and we'll pay we'll pay you guys more if you do more of that and mm-hmm. and that that became the focus became the highlight of everything music is so music is so diverse especially in hip-hop but we only get like one percent of that uh on the radio right but i mean i guess it i guess to that extent you know let's say these artists are are doing a show and they're rapping these lyrics that I don't necessarily agree with anymore. Is there like a a need to kind of say something beforehand or afterwards be like, hey, just so you know, please respect all women. <laughs> but also I know y'all love this song, so I'm gonna do the song. <laughs> I think it's a uh, it's a hard medium. Um I mean anybody else is really honest about it. You know, they should, you know, just my personal opinion. Um, I feel like, you know, they definitely shouldn't do those songs anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially as an adult or whatever. But I mean, that's just not the society that we live in to where people's like, you know, what? I'm just not going to do my songs. Like, now nah, I'm getting that check. And unfortunately, that's how this world is, is being created and crafted as even with like nowadays, you know, everyone has become accustomed to uh, the violence and just over-sexualization of, of anyone, man or woman, you know, and we've grown used to that type of music, which I think is, uh, it's kind of harmful for the youth and stuff because, you know, being young, it just, it just confuses you even more. You're being overexposed to a lot of stuff. I was looking at one video, uh, it popped up on uh, YouTube. Uh, Nicki Minaj, she was pretty much naked. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I was thinking about this. I was like, man, if I was a kid around this time watching music videos and that came up, like, I'm just like, boobies, you know? <laughs> you know, when it's like this little kid and you get over sexualized super, you know, super early in your life. And, you know, we need to be focusing on just, you know, learning how to treat people respectfully you know, you know, learn how to discipline yourself and, you know, study in school, whatever you're doing. Um, but it needs to be productive. And that's just kind of productive. You trying to 
thinking about trying to get with a woman and I'm like, bro, like, you only 16, man. Like, <laughs> sit down, bro. Like, chill out. What you gonna do with a woman? Yeah. But I mean, and that's the the weird thing of like the diversity that, that comes from music. And it's like, Nicki Minaj is able to do that herself. And she, you know, it's not like she's unaware Oh, yeah. That, like, definitely what? She's definitely People are unaware. trying to over-sexualize me? <laughs> I was just expressing myself and my body. Right. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> right. And I think that's the uh, that's the important thing is I feel like uh, some of these things are counterproductive. Like, uh, just from my, my personal perspective, it's like, you know, being uh, over like like the toxic masculinity and the toxic uh feminine uh is is very much a bad thing on both sides like men being toxic and women being toxic as well and instead of addressing those issues we say either or it's like no men or no no it's women that's the problem no it's men that's the problem um we need to address both of those issues and the kids are suffering from from both of those things yeah. because you have these dudes that are growing up thinking that they can be overly aggressive and that's how you be a man. And then you have women thinking that, well, enable for me to to get this guy to notice me that I need to throw it back or something. It's like, no, you don't need to do any of that stuff. You can just be who you are as an individual to learn how to respect people and people are going to appreciate you for that. Right. That's it. But flow nuance is dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy because uh, I was looking at Japanese schools and I was looking at um, like American schools. And the first thing that the Japanese kids learn is uh, manners, mm-hmm. not tests. They don't take tests or any of that stuff. It's all about uh, learning how to respect another human being. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're struggling, you should help them. If you have the ability to, not because you know them, they're your friend, but just because there's a person in need. And they learn all these morals before they engage into school. So they have these disciplines. And so school becomes easy because now they can be respectful. And if someone's struggling with homework, it's like, hey, man, you need some help? Or what don't you understand? And these concepts of school become a lot easier. There's no disciplinary acts that need to be done because everyone has their own self-discipline and it's like well if i act out that's going to affect everyone here in this room like why why would i do that then mm-hmm. um and then american schools is like everyone sit down everyone be quiet right. shut up but, you know they got to teach or lose their brains you know trying to discipline this crowd of, of kids and then that affects the learning and focus mm-hmm. and there's no other way to divert that energy. And, you know, in Japan, they have these kids doing either martial arts or studying like a, a instrument, like a piano or a string instrument or whatever they're learning. And they're taking that, that energy into something creative and they're learning more about themselves. And versus America, we take away extracurricular activities and stuff. And you want this kid to just sit there and just absorb this half you know uh 
history lesson about how Christopher Columbus was this great guy and <laughs> showed up with gifts and presents and, and hugged the natives <laughs> and gave them kisses on the way out, you know. Um, that part yeah. might be true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some of them unwillingly. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you have, you have this terrible um, representation of like how we learn as kids. But what, what people don't realize is that that evolves that evolves into uh, us being adults. So now we're adults with that same type of mentality. We still haven't learned discipline. And so it's hard for us to, to change diets. It's hard for us to accept when we're wrong. And instead of instead of a society to where we are, should be aware of each other's actions and how it affects the entirety of the whole, we focus more on, um, well, I feel uncomfortable in this position, so you need to create a space for me or else. Mm-hmm. You know, so instead of saying, hey, this person probably needs to work on their health, they're they're overweight and they're not eating healthy. We say, no, we just need to make uh, a space where they feel safe. I was like, well, they're going to die because <laughs> they're eating terrible, all the greasy foods, their heart is pumping more blood than it can handle. And so they're going to have heart failure, uh, have oh, high cholesterol, diabetes and get their leg chopped off. <laughs> and it's like, right. Well, yeah, we're, we're so individualistic that, um, we're not thinking about how to make healthy things available for everyone or make healthy things affordable for everyone or like, cause I mean, yeah, sometimes like people don't have a choice. And so, um, I mean the, even going back to like, just what are we showing these kids? It's like, if, if we don't give them the option, if we don't like, give a kid that's growing up in the hood the options like you don't have to like go into the gang you can like work hard in school and like get a scholarship go to college and like you don't have to and even on just on top of that is creating an atmosphere to where a gang has to has to be present mm. you know like um like originally like the on the bloods and the cribs you know were uh community members in the neighborhood to where they were protect the they would protect their neighborhood mm. because you would have, you know, cops, you know, patrolling the area, mm. making sure that, you know, a lot of the, you know, minorities uh, don't leave that neighborhood, mm. you know, so they are protecting property. And a lot of people don't understand that's what a police role is, is they protect property. Mm. And that's how they were created in America with rounding up slaves and, making sure they didn't leave the plantation <laughs> and taking that same, you know, uh, mental understanding to the neighborhoods and stuff um, to where that type of atmosphere gets created and stuff. And to create this, this mindset in which we have to leave the hood, so to speak, um, to have a better life. It's just all been, you know, created into that, the atmosphere, mm-hmm. but, Understanding that on a, um, a more of a psychological standpoint, it creates a certain uh, mindset in which we feel like uh, we don't, uh, we can't accept anything else mm-hmm. because this is all we know. It's all we understand. Those things are not for us. 
you know, we have that type of mentality instead of playing like, man, I can access any of these things and do whatever I want. I can, I can flip this neighborhood and turn it into something that's, that's better. We can open up a park and we can, you know, have a, a street cleaning and just clean up the roads and stuff. Because I mean, you take any human being and you put them in, uh, just a terrible living condition. You got cramped, you know, uh, um, like apartments and stuff where you're like wall to wall and it's filthy, everything that's going to affect your mood over time. And you're going to start becoming, you're going to start becoming the area and you're frustrated. You're yelling because one of your neighbors is losing his mind. He's drinking all the time, yelling and, and Keeping you awake at night, yeah. You can hear them screaming at each other through the walls. You shut up, mm-hmm. you know, and, and fights and stuff happen, and violence is is going to be, you know, because humans are not meant to be confined like that. Not, nothing is. Nothing is meant to be confined like that. If we're a living, breathing organism, uh, we need space to <laughs> roam, essentially, yeah. uh, to be around and to get around, to get around and stuff. But you know, our society creates this uh this type of this mentality in which you know there's different ways to you know to have an acceptance in this world and not to not to say that everything that we're learning in in school or whatever is 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 damaging towards the brain but it also leaves little room for creativity um, they don't teach you how to be an entrepreneur in high school. They don't teach you how to understand taxes and, and credit and all of these things that is going to be, you know, detrimental towards you as an adult coming into America, um, how to create a job or how to create a business. It's just like, you know, you're going to work. That's what you're going to do. You're going to go to school. You're going to go to college. You're going to learn whatever you need to learn. And then you're going to go work for a guy. They never went to college, mm-hmm. but owns like five different houses. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like uh, understanding that and kind of re-educating yourself is where the discipline takes takes uh, takes part. And it's really important that we learn how to discipline ourselves. And so many of my friends that we, we had conversations and they always talk about eating healthier or, or learning something that can help them. They was like, man, I just... Man, I just don't, man, I just be so tired. I just don't feel like doing it. Or they're just like, man, I just, you know, I just never just really want to sit down. And it's like, like we lack the discipline because mm-hmm. it's never, if, if it wasn't taught in like, uh, like at home, mm-hmm. um, then we don't necessarily have that type of mentality because the schools don't offer discipline into that, to that degree. You you learn to like to be quiet when you're talking, you know, when you're in a room. Follow orders. Yeah, to follow orders, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily personal discipline. Mm-hmm. And personal discipline is all about being being responsible for your actions um, as a human being, and necessarily necessarily as a, a student, but as a human being. Mm-hmm. And and that's empowering too to to know that like you do have the power to affect those around you either negatively or positively. And so you can, you know, not cause a scene and be respectful to those around you. And you can actually help those around you that might be struggling some and you can build up, build everyone else up instead of just like follow orders. It doesn't matter. Don't worry about the people around you. Just like you do the thing that you have to do and then, you know, screw everybody else. And we, we see the effects of that. 
Facts. <laughs> I mean, everywhere. I mean, it, just think if if Mother Nature had that same type of mentality, we would be dead already. It's like, I'm just worried about the planet. Man. I don't care about y'all. I'm going to cut off this oxygen. We don't need oxygen. I don't know what's wrong with y'all, you know. Um, but the planet has to work together. You know, these these trees and 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 the greenery and stuff gives gives off the the stuff that we need to survive. And you know, if if we're not there, you know, producing CO2 in the air and and, and the animals and stuff that's in the area like these plants and all these organisms won't exist either. So it's like they understand the purpose is, you know, yeah, I have to worry about my own individual growth, but I need these things around me as well to survive. And we as people need each other in, in this world to survive. Uh, we would go absolutely insane. They did, a, I remember my psychology class and they did a, the experiment on the, uh, it was like the, it was like a monkey that uh, it was like a baby monkey that they had. Is that the failure to thrive thing? Yeah, the yeah. failure to thrive, mm-hmm. yeah. And the one without the the mom or at least like a toy mm-hmm. or whatever, like, was dying. Mm-hmm. Like, he actually died. Yeah. And it was just terrible because it's like what people don't realize is every living organism on this planet needs something else in its life to keep moving forward because what's the point of living? Yeah. Yeah, and like literally the body went like nothing here cares for me. So there's like no need for me to be here. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> and that's I mean, that's what humans do too. That's what we do um as individuals. You know, even even though we, you know, should focus on our personal growth, that is important. We also have to understand how we affect other people around us and and keeping those people around because you know, at the end of the day, that's what's the most important. That's the most important resource resource on this planet is the humans. And if we don't work together, if we don't uh, live together, um, take, care take care of each other, like it's, it can be extremely detrimental towards our future yeah. as human beings. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful place to, to wrap that up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, thank you so much for doing this with me. Where can we find Junior Things once again? Uh, you can find me on all social media, Original Flow, all streaming platforms, Original Flow. Um, and yeah, I'm just out here doing music and living my best life. Yeah. Cool things on the horizon. Every musician is required to say that Always. cool stuff coming soon. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I got this new, you know, new mixtape, you know what I'm saying? It's coming out. <laughs> no, but I, I am working on some new stuff, but um, you just got to follow me to find out when. Mm-hmm. And if not. Uh, listen to the stuff that's already out because there was a lot of time and effort that went into making all this stuff sound good, feel good, look good if you want to go on social media as well. So like, and the music videos as well. Appreciate it. Appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, go check out those music videos. Uh, I would definitely consider checking out Lately. Um, that's everyone's favorites. Um, I randomly talked to this guy from the Philippines. He found me on Instagram and reached out to me and said that was his favorite song. It got him through a lot of hard times he's having in the Philippines. Um, it, for anybody that lives out in the Philippines that's listening to this, like you definitely have my prayers with you. It's, it's a real tough time out there. They're really struggling with the government, not really helping them. And they're getting paid, you know, pennies on a dollar, like nothing, you know. Um, so um, definitely supporting you guys out there. And uh, 
Yeah. Cool. Keep going. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you so much. I'm Sajay Ramones. This is Original Flow. Up and away, dumbstruck and amazed, numbed up to the face, that summed up my day. I just can't escape, I wanna leave this place, this life is giving me chase, am I losing this race? I know I'm not accepted, being black is holding weapons, guess I should've got protection. I speak, you don't respect it, every week I feel rejected, closing off I got perfected, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Losing all my sleep I stress on giving back I wanna rest my soul But I can't just relax I wanna be left alone In my bed, at my home Don't hit me up, don't call my phone Leave me alone, leave me alone Wanna be left alone In my bed, at my home Don't hit me up, don't call my phone Leave me alone, leave me alone Lately I've been stressing Deep in my depression, falling under pressure. I'm just playing catch up. Lately, I've been stressing. Deep in my depression, falling under pressure. I'm just playing catch up. Escaping my mental, I thought it was simple, but I guess it is not. Stuck with these issues, abusing this tissue is all that I got. Negative energy pulling me inwardly, how do I stop? Started up smaller, but then it got bigger, and now it's a lot. Catching up a losing pace. Hold my breath and blue in face. What the hell is new today? Who the hell is you today? How do I communicate? Hear the truth and mute the fakes. See the sadness through my face. People ask, are you okay? You cannot ask that. Feeling headed down with these flashbacks. All the pain in my heart, you can have that. Don't stand in my way, but a backpack. Loose grip, but the shoes fit. Deuces to the cool kid. Finally finding myself. I don't know where to go. I wanna be left alone in my bed, at my home. Don't hit me up, don't call my phone. Leave me alone, leave me alone. Wanna be left alone in my bed, at my home. Don't hit me up, don't call my phone. Leave me alone, leave me alone. Lately I've been stressing, deep in my depression, falling under pressure. I'm just playing catch up. Lately I've been stressing, deep in my depression, falling under pressure. I'm just playing catch up. You can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. I make music and produce audio. I have an EP, a short album, that is streaming everywhere right now. It's called Soundbites. The music you're hearing right now is from Soundbites. Listen to it on Spotify, Apple Music, and anywhere else you stream music, or buy it on Bandcamp, because a single purchase is the monetary equivalent of streaming it all day, every day, for a year. I'm also working on another album, so if you'd like to hear that at some point, you can buy my music, or you can support me on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Santiago Ramones. Follow me on Instagram to stay up to date with all the stuff that I'm doing, both at bit.depth and at Santiago Ramones Music. There's also a Discord server in which we discuss deep topics from the podcast, 
but it's also a community of beautiful human beings. Go to santiagoramones.com slash discord to join. If you like the podcast, leave comments on social media, leave reviews by saying how much you like the podcast and tell your friends about it. I really couldn't be doing this without you. And I'm so very grateful to continue doing BitDepth for this long. Thank you so much for listening to and supporting BitDepth. I always end the podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong.